Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we're discussing Color Rush, Episode 8 of the Korean BL drama series. This is the finale conclusion episode for the entire series. I can honestly say, after watching every episode on Vicky Rukatan, this series gets an absolute 10. I mean, totally, completely, utterly 10. Now, I will say that with a caveat, it is not like the typical series that I like, because both characters are rather... They're unskilled at relationships. They don't know how to categorize how they feel, how they think, etc. But the care that they're trying to make shine through, you can really tell. And they are just kids when you think about it. I mean, both the characters in the story are probably about 16 to 18 years old. I'm not really sure as we don't have exact ages provided in the storyline. This episode opens with... The mono and the probe having conversation in the hotel before they go to the beach the next morning. And the probe keeps saying, you know, well, you are, we are together. Why can't I sleep in the same bed? And the mono's like, not having any of that. You're not going to sleep in my bed. You are going to sleep on the floor. And it's so funny to watch this conversation. No offense. It's like, and the probe's like, well, why can't I just sleep? on the bed. And so they have this little back and forth banter and then the mono just ends up throwing his head under the blanket and that is the end of the conversation. The next morning the two go to the beach and discuss all the different colors of blue that exist and basically kind of also try to figure out their relationship because the mono and the probe are uncertain about one another. The mono really likes the probe and he does not want to say he really likes the probe because he has been told by everyone his entire life that monos and probes cannot exist together in the same orbit or disaster will strike the face of the earth. Also, he had his own mental battles with trying to deal with, you know, the obsession that can come from being a mono who has a probe and battling that and winning that battle in the previous episode. As this story continues, there is a very, I would say, turning point scene in this entire series where you find out that the probe basically needs the mono as much as the mono needs the probe. And the reason being is the mono needs the probe to see color because all he sees is grayscale without the of the probe but when he has the probe he can see full color range the probe on the other hand cannot discern people's faces one from another he has a facial recognition disorder which i did not even know about until i heard about a series called um i think my dear secretary which i have not watched so i'm not going to say whether it's good or bad i did have a good friend i know who watched it and really didn't like some things that were going on with the lead character, who's the owner of the company. I think he had some very valid reasons, but you know, I have not seen it personally myself, so I'm just going to say, don't know. But in that series, there is a person who does not have the ability to recognize faces. I also believe from something I read that Brad Pitt suffered from this disorder for a while. 
don't know anything else about it except that it makes it so you cannot recognize one face from another and so you cannot tell unless you can tell auditorially or with other signs like the mode of walking the type of clothing the person wears who they are this is especially dangerous for children who suffer from this because they don't know who to trust and it would be i think a very terrible disorder to have because you wouldn't be able to tell who are the ones you care about, who are the ones who are absolute strangers, because everyone is kind of a stranger because you can't recognize them facially. The probe has this facial disorder. He can't recognize anyone, but he can see the mono's face. And he said, you know, in the same way that you need me for being able to live your life with color, I need you because I need to be able to see someone who has a face. And that is what you bring to my life in the same way that I bring to you the colors. This isn't a one-way street relationship. And I really liked how they both, I mean, no offense, this show, I really like how the characters, when it comes down to brass tacks, now yeah, there's some moments when they are not honest with one another, but when it comes down to brass tacks, they don't beat around the bush. They don't sit there and, you know, go erm, as they say. They sit there and they actually say what's going on. They say completely honestly, this is what's happening. And it's at this point that those two characters decide to basically start a relationship. I love how they're both sitting there going super confused. Like, I don't know if I should be in this relationship. I don't know even if I like you because you're my probe, I'm Romano, or if it's because you're you. And those questions, I think, are very valid ones for this production storyline. But at the same time, I think maybe it's never a one-answer deal. I think in any relationship, there's always give and take, number one. But also, everyone brings in healthy relationships to the table. They basically fill one another's deficits in interesting ways. Now, in this story, it was extremely obvious. The mono couldn't see color. The probe helped him see color. The probe couldn't see people's faces. The mono helped him see one person's face. I mean, very, very obvious, okay? Yeah, in almost a didactic way. But I also think it makes people think in relationships, what is it that I bring to a relationship? What is it that someone else brings to a relationship? Not just for romantic relationships, but for any kind of relationship. By the end of this episode, the mono has convinced the probe to go call his parents. And lo and behold, the probe's parents have agreed that if he comes home by the end of that day, he can continue to study with the mono. And the um, mono says, you know, we better start going to the library and actually studying. And the probe says, well, I might go to the library, but that doesn't mean I'm going to study. And the, probe's, and the mono's like, yeah, I know. And they have this kind of little back and forth, matter, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, the next scene is the mono is back home with his aunt, who is devouring the probe's lunchbox because she's mad that the mono is going to be with the probe. And... You know, I think the aunt has a lot of serious issues that she's got to work out. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, in many ways, I'm going, you know, the aunt has even more issues because she doesn't have anything she can blame her issues on, like the mono could, for example. And so they basically have this moment where he's like, you know what? Eat the lunchbox if you want, but don't choke yourself on the food because she's trying to gobble it down. 
And it's basically the nephew and the aunt coming to terms with one another, and it is absolutely hilarious. It also shows everybody's humanity in this whole story. The Manu then goes to school, where he is met with one of the two dingleberries. I don't know a better word for them, so that's what I'm going to use who is putting up a sign, and the probe's talking to the one dingleberry who's putting up the sign, and he says, why are they having you put up the sign? You're so awkward. Why didn't they have so-and-so? And he goes, I am so-and-so. And he says, you're not wearing your jacket like you usually do. And he goes, you know, this is a real problem for you, so-and-so, because you can't recognize faces, and therefore you don't know it's even your best friends putting up this poster. They then go into the classroom, and the other dingleberry is sitting in the chair, and he says, this number system, like two, four, six, seven, I think, in very deep, um, dramatic tone with pauses in between to the mono. And the mono looks at him and goes, exactly what is the numbers for? And he then, the dingleberry turns, who gave the numbers out, and turns to the probe and says, this is what my grandfather said regarding your condition. And the probe then turns to the dingleberry and goes, well, thank you. I will make sure I bring you some bean jelly, which must be some kind of like bean pudding from Korea. I'm really not sure. But anyway, he then grabs the hand of the mono and pulls him out of the classroom where they're supposed to be studying. And the mono's like, what is going on? Where are we going? And what is with the number thing? And the probe says, that was the code to the rooftop. And we are going on a date, which means they were going on a date on the rooftop. I love the probe's facial expression in the scene where he's not quite winking, but almost. Whoever they got to play the probe did an absolutely brilliant job of being absolutely hilarious with his facial expressions in really fun, comical ways. I kind of hope he continues to act and we can see him in a full-blown comedy rather than a drama at some point. He is absolutely hilarious, did brilliant work. I believe in, in real life he's also a K-pop star who recently released his own digital single this past year. I do not remember his name, but you can certainly find it on Vicky Rukatan under the cast list. And I would give this series overall an absolute 10. Um, now, the only place I've been able to see it with English subtitles, other there are some pieces of it that say they're subtitled English on YouTube. What I have found is that when you hold them up against Vicky Rukaton's version, they are not subtitled with even the same content at all. I'm really not sure how the person arrived at that translation, but I would definitely trust Vicky Rukaton way better because it gives a complete different subject matter than the ones I'm finding on YouTube. Vicky Rukaton is $10 a month in the U.S. I don't know how much it is in other countries, um, but if you do purchase it, you don't have any advertisements, and it has subtitles, which make it really, really nice. The one thing I will say that I am really not liking about Vicky Rukaton right now is they have labeled every single BL in their system as R-rated material, and I can honestly say none except four deserve that rating. Actually, everything else probably doesn't even deserve a PG-13, except for maybe one or two, and this would be one of them simply because there are some topics regarding how bad monos go that I really wouldn't watch with anyone who was under 13, just because I wouldn't want them to have to think about that or explain things like cannibalism, for example, to a small child. But anyway... I would give this series an absolute 10 because I love how it gives 
It is kind of like Star Trek. There are morality plays. This whole series was a morality play. It's about two characters. The one character has the ability to go to the brink of great evil and looks it down the throat and says, I'm not going there because I care about this other character too much. And I'm willing to put myself on the line before I'm willing to put them at risk. That is one of the coolest topics you could ever talk about. Now, granted, I always think there's a third way other than the suicide attempt that was in the series, but I totally understand why the mono did what he did. Logically, I get it. But, you know, honestly, I can say there had to be a third way. Maybe go and see what other probes have done. I'm sorry, other monos have done who have not turned evil. Maybe, you know, the ant could have given him some, you know, object lessons of people who were quite normal in life who were monos instead of always bringing up the bad side of things that really did in the end i think the ant is mainly to blame for the entire craziness that the mono was led to because he didn't know that monos could behave any differently i love that even though he had no examples of monos behaving well he decided to turn and be the one example in his life that didn't turn out bad. And I think that's really cool as a storyline. I'm hoping they come out with a second series of this. This is a micro-series. They're probably going to combine it into like a feature film. That's what they typically do with these Korean BLs. Their most episodes are like 15 minutes long. The musical score is absolutely gorgeous too. I really just cannot recommend this enough. So with that is my review of Color Rush Episode 8. Check it at the round table. Bye!